0: Welcome to COTK Online. It is great to be with you today as we wrap up the last message in the series Kingdom Culture. This whole message was born out of the prayer that Jesus said that we are to pray. This is how we're to pray in Matthew chapter 6. You probably know it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth like it is in heaven. And that is a huge prayer for us to pray because we know one thing this earth is not like heaven. It is broken. It is messed up. And so we've been looking at this broken and messed up world through the lens of the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, where both Ezra and Nehemiah Though they had been in captivity along with the nation of Israel for 70 years, Israel had been in captivity in Babylon once Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonian Empire. They were in Babylon 70 years, and then a prophetic word from the Lord was fulfilled, and King Cyrus, a wicked king, was moved by God to allow the Jews to return to their homeland to rebuild that which was broken in the temple of God. And so, Ezra goes back to rebuild the temple. They rebuild the altar. They start working on laying the foundation of the temple. A little while later, Nehemiah comes back, and he begins work on rebuilding the city walls and the gates. And this is what we see from Ezra and Nehemiah. We see both of them broken when they recognize that there's a broken world all around them, that the place of God had been destroyed, and the city of Jerusalem, which captured God's heart and is a picture for all of humanity, was laid waste— and God moved on their hearts when when they heard, when Nehemiah heard of the brokenness of the city that he loved, it moved him to pain. It, it, it caused, caused him to cry out to God. And ultimately, he found his purpose in going back to Jerusalem to help rebuild. We talked about When he gets there, when Nehemiah gets there, he sees the rubble for the first time. He goes out at night by himself, and he sees the devastation of the city, and it moves him to action. And this is a reminder for you and for me, if we follow Christ and and the prayer that Jesus said we should pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth like it is in heaven, when we hear of brokenness and broken lives and broken families and broken cities, does it bring us to the place of pain? Does it cause us to cry out to God to use us? Does does the brokenness that we see around us and people's lives, and garbage littering the streets after a storm, or people who are destitute, does that set us in motion, or do we just stay apathetic? Because if we're really following Jesus, We should do what Jesus did. And when he saw that which was broken, he saw it restored and fixed and healed and whole. See, this is our call. This is why our church was founded on Isaiah 58 twelve. Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You'll raise up the age-old foundations. You're going to be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell, because the culture of the kingdom of God is one where when we hear of brokenness, it moves us to pain and we cry out. When we see it with our eyes, it sets us in motion to rectify that which is wrong and broken. This is the core of who we are. And then last week, we talked about what it meant practically. To have a culture of the kingdom of God in our church, in our lives, in our hearts. What's that look like? And it was three simple things. That the culture of the kingdom of God, it calls us to some things, it calls us to sacrifice, to be willing to lay down our lives in the name of Jesus for other people. That's the sacrifice. Baptism is such a great picture because though we're alive, it's a picture of the old person going under the waters of baptism and death and being raised up to live like Jesus. See, this is the life of sacrifice that we're called to. The culture of the kingdom of God calls us to sacrifice. It also calls us to celebration, primarily in remembering where God's met us so that we can take stock of where we are even in the broken and difficult times, and we remember how God's met us in the past and that every good thing comes from him so that we can move towards the future because the third aspect of the culture of the kingdom of God, it's sacrifice, it's celebration for what God's already done, but then it's putting our hands to the task in front of us and engaging in the work of the ministry. You know, so many times people give their life to Christ and it's this amazing emotional moment. As as it is It should be. It's awesome. You realize you've been freed from the curse of sin. Your sins are forgiven, and there's this amazing, awesome moment But there's also the aspect of working out our salvation with fear and trembling. See, that's Scripture. But that doesn't mean that what we do makes us right with God. No, see, Jesus did that on the cross. But when we truly have an encounter with Him, it transforms us. So we want to put our hands to the brokenness of this world to see it made whole because of Jesus in us and through us. So today, we're wrapping up this series kingdom culture on how to build it how to build it those from among you will rebuild because we live in a broken world those from among you will raise up the age old foundations why because they've been knocked down we'll be called the repairer the restorer because things that are broken need to be fixed things that 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 ha- have lost what they once were need to be restored see this is our call so how do we build that culture well, first we need to recognize that the enemy actively works against us. Anytime we say, God, I'm going to be used by you to to raise up, to rebuild, to repair, to restore, guess what? The enemy is going to come against you because he does not want to see things on earth look like heaven. Quite the opposite. He wants things on earth to look like hell. There's actually even one of the... the principles of entropy, that if you leave something in this broken world to itself, it will ultimately, slowly, and sometimes quickly degrade. If you leave perishable food out, it's going to smell really bad in just a few days. If this beautiful room that I'm in, if we just shuttered it up for 200 years, sealed it up and came back, it wouldn't look like it does right now, even though nothing came in and nothing came out because everything's in a constant state of decay. So when we, as followers of Jesus, fulfill the mandate and the call to see heaven come down to earth, hell lines up against us and it sure did for the two characters that we talked about, the the two historical figures that we see in the Bible, Ezra and Nehemiah, that were called to rebuild. In fact, in Ezra chapter 4, as they are rebuilding the temple, this is what we see. In verse 1 of chapter 4 in Ezra, it says, the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were rebuilding the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, so they approached Zerubbabel, who was the the chief that was leading it, and the other leaders and said, let us build with you. Because the tactic of the enemy is always to be right there with you, to build alongside you, just in case maybe he has an opportunity to sabotage what God's doing in your life. Let us build with you, for we worship your God just as you do. That was a lie. They didn't. We've sacrificed to him ever since King Eshadon of Assyria brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Yeshua, and the other leaders of Israel replied, You have no part in this work. We alone will rebuild the temple for the Lord, the God of Israel. Verse 4 Then, once they said, Nah, we're doing what God's called us to do. You're not a part of that because he didn't speak to you, he spoke to us. says, then the local residents tried to discourage and frighten the people of Judah to keep them from their work, because the tactic of the enemy is to stop you from rebuilding, from raising up, from repairing, restoring. He doesn't want to see the place of God built in your life and certainly not in your community, so he's going to do everything he can to discourage you, to, to frighten you, They bribed agents to work against them. Have you ever felt like something is working against you when you're trying to do what's right in the name of Jesus? Absolutely, because that something is a someone, it's the enemy. To work against them and to frustrate their plans. Don't get frustrated because you're frustrated in trying to do what God's called you to do. Recognize that really means that you're probably heading in the right direction because the enemy's coming against you. Don't look at resistance as something that's there simply to wear you down. It's called resistance training in the natural world and bodybuilders know all about it. People who are who are athletes know about resistance training because that's what makes you stronger. And though you may Hate to go work out. If you do it consistently, you're going to be stronger, you're going to be better, you're going to be faster, you're going to be healthier. And the same principle in the physical is true for us in the spiritual. When the enemy attacks, don't let it put you on your butt and don't stop. Keep going. The tactic of the enemy is to destroy the work of God that's happening in your life because if he can do that in you, he knows. You're not going to work together with anybody to rebuild this world. And he's done it a lot, and he's been successful at it. But that's not what we're called to. He did it not only in in, in Ezra and Nehemiah, chapter 4, their enemies came against him. Sanballat, who was the enemy, was very angry when he learned that they were rebuilding the wall. See, Ezra was rebuilding the temple. Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem to keep it safe. Sanballat was angry when he learned about it. He flew into a rage. He mocked the Jews do they think they can rebuild the wall in a single day just by offering a few sacrifices? They think they can make something of these stones from rubbish heap? He mocked them. The enemy loves to make you feel stupid. I can't pray for somebody. I can't go talk to somebody. I can't even invite them to church. I, 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 I don't know that I can do... I can't... I can't... I, you want me to do what for some? I'd look still so stupid if I did that. That's the enemy at work. Don't listen to him. Why does the enemy do that? Because it's effective fear is an effective tactic. Sending agents to work against you. It seems like the whole world's against you when you're trying to go the right direction. That's the enemy. Don't let it stop you. Everything gets frustrated. All of my plans just don't seem to work out. I'm trying to find time to spend time with the Lord. I'm trying to talk to my neighbors. Everything just happens. Okay, it's the enemy. Fight through it. If you're not willing to fight through the resistance, you'll never see the breakthrough where God's kingdom is built in your life, in your church, in your neighborhood, in this region. You have to fight through the frustration, the pain, the resistance. That's the first step. I want to see the kingdom of God built. The first step is don't give up. Never give up. Don't give up. And I've got three principles I want to look at today. They're really simple. It's the culture of the kingdom of God being built through three things. Here's the first one, prayer. We build the kingdom of God. The culture of the kingdom of God is built through prayer. When the enemy comes and tries to stop the work, what should we do? We should pray. When we don't know what to do, what should we do? We should pray. What is, what is prayer? Prayer is petitioning and listening. I'm going to say that again, because this is what prayer is. It is petitioning, talking to God. God, are you there? I think you are. I know you are. I want you to hear. And then it's listening, because you need to listen to what he's speaking to you. You just need to have an open heart, an open mind, and you need to take some time where you're quiet, where you're tuned in, just like you would an old school radio. Remember, maybe you've seen those radios with the dial. or you've got to tune into what God's speaking. Probably not going to happen while you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram. Dedicate some time. Be persistent in prayer. The enemies opposed Nehemiah rebuilding the wall. Remember they flew into a rage they mocked? Verse 4 of that same chapter that we just talked about. Then I prayed, Hear us, O God, for we are being mocked, and may their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. In other words, what we went through, may they go through it too. <laughs> this is a pretty serious prayer. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins. They provoke you to anger here in front of the builders. Nehemiah is upset. He's frustrated, but he doesn't retaliate against them. He takes the frustration, the pain, the shame because that's mocking and he brings it to the lord he says god turn it around on him how is the kingdom of god built in our lives in our church and community prayer prayer i'm i'm wearing this right here i don't know if you can see it. it says pray first because one of the initiatives that we're taking as a church is to pray first take it to the lord apparently it's okay God, turn it around on them. Uh, We were captives in a foreign land. Lord, do it to them. Maybe it'll get them to the place where they see that it's worth building your kingdom. We have to be people of prayer. James 5.16 says this. Actually, I'm going to go back a little further than 5.16. It says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. I'm going to read that again because it's pretty important are any of you suffering hardships, you should pray. Pray, because it makes a difference. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We want to see a broken world come to restoration and healing, but it's not going to happen unless we ourselves have been healed. How does that happen? Confessing our sins, turning from them, pray, having other people pray with us, Praying for others, because that's where healing comes from. Forgiveness comes from heaven and what Jesus did on the cross. But healing, God uses people and prayer. Are you a person of prayer? Because this is how the kingdom of God is built, in prayer. The second thing, the kingdom of God is built through prophecy. Okay, what does that mean? Like, I didn't know there were like Old Testament prophets. What is a prophetic word from the Lord? What is that? What is that word of prophecy? Well, let's go ahead and look at, at Ezra chapter 5. The work had stopped. The enemy had won. The discouragement, the frightening, bribing agents, frustrating their plans. In verse 6 of chapter 4 in Ezra, they wrote letters of accusation against them to stop the work of God and rebuilding the temple. And you know what? It worked. They stopped. They stopped building the place of God, but they started again. How did that happen? See, the kingdom of God is first built on prayer. But just because you pray, it doesn't mean that the enemy is not going to counterattack. Because let me remind you that prayer is a powerful spiritual weapon, and it is an offensive one where you're asking God to move on your behalf, and when he does, and he will, you have to recognize that the enemy is going to come against you to get you to stop praying, to get you to stop dreaming, stop believing, stop having faith and operate rather in faith, then fear. He wants you to operate in fear. So the work stops. Well, the work stopped. All of the tactics of the enemy worked, and they stopped. But what was it that got them started again? Ezra chapter 5, verse 1. At that time, the prophets, a prophet in the Old Testament, just clearly heard from the Lord and pronounced the Lord's word to the people around them. The same is true for us today, even in the New Testament. We see in, 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 in the five-fold gifting, there's a prophetic gifting. That means sometimes God just speaks to people. And God may be speaking to you right now. Maybe it's the voice of the Lord that you're hearing him. And maybe this verse is for you. And just like it says, where it says, that, At that time, the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, son of Iddo, prophesied to the Jews and Judah and Jerusalem. They prophesied in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. And they began to speak the truth of who they were, who God had called them to, that he had opened a door, a supernatural door, to allow them to return to their homeland and rebuild. And in verse 2, it says, Zerubbabel responded by starting again to rebuild the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with him and helped them. There's a prophetic word. That's not the only time. We see in Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 14 of chapter 4, once they had stopped the work, and then remember, Nehemiah prays and says, hear so, God, we're being mocked, and they're about to stop that work, and then this is what we see. Something comes on Nehemiah, and he begins to speak the truth of God. It's a prophetic thing. like It's prophecy. He's speaking on behalf of God. Though he's a man, it's the word of the Lord to the people at that appointed time. In chapter 14, he said, I looked over the situation because everybody was afraid. The enemy was all around. They didn't want to build. They didn't know what to do. He says, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. You see, the kingdom of God is built on a word from the Lord that says, stand in faith, don't capitulate and fall into fear. They were all afraid and they were wanting to stop because they were scared. Yeah, that's going to be us when we are facing resistance, when we are being mocked, when we're doing something that is difficult and is hard, but God is calling us to Him and to His Word that says, fear not for i am with you says the lord 365 times in the bible it says fear not that's that's one for every day of the year because every day the enemy will do what he can to get us to stop to turn back but it is in prayer where we petition the lord it is in prophecy where we not just hear from him but now we're speaking his truth over us and our situation and over on top of that base of fear that the enemy wants us to 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 build our lives on my word if we can just get this lord may we be people of prayer father may your prophetic word come out of our mouths and we don't speak of our fears and insecurities and doubts but lord we speak your word don't be afraid you're going to use us to do some great things and here's the final thing it's persistence we have to Keep going. If we want to see the kingdom of God built, it's built on prayer. Remember, prayers, all prayer is petition and listen. That's it, petition, listen, pray, listen. Part of prayer is listening. Prophecy that the word of the Lord that comes out of your mouth trumps the lies of the enemy that it puts in your head. See, the tactic of the enemy is to get you to reverse that you begin speaking the lies and thinking on the word of god but when you get to the place where you're speaking the word of god and that thought of the enemy comes but you second corinthians 10:5 it which says you take all those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, and you crumple that thought up and throw it away, that's where you build the kingdom of God because you've started in prayer, you've continued in prophecy, and then you're living in persistence. That means you never give up. Jesus told a parable about this. Actually, he told a couple that there was an unrighteous judge And this lady wanted justice, and so she kept petitioning him, petitioning him, hey, judge, hey, judge, hey, judge. And it wasn't because the judge was good that he granted her petition. It was because he was aggravated. And he says, how much more would a righteous judge give you what is right? But so many people give up right before their prayer is answered. Because that's where the defense of the enemy is the strongest, like the red zone in football. It's right there before the touchdown, before you score, that that's where the defense is strongest. We have to be persistent. Ezra 6, 14 says this in building the temple. So the Jewish elders continued their work, and they were greatly encouraged by the preaching of the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Ido. The temple was finally finished as it had been commanded by the God of Israel and decreed by Cyrus, Darius, Artaxerxes, the kings of Persia. The temple was completed on March 12th during the sixth year of King Darius' reign. They continue, that's what it says, the Jewish elders continued. They continued their work in spite of all the attacks, and that's what we're called to as well. Don't be afraid, fight. Don't give up, don't quit. The enemy wants you wants you to operate in fear rather than faith. But this is the the word of the Lord for you. Don't be afraid. Don't give up. Trust him. Keep going. Righteousness is its own reward, but it's only acquired through persistence. Keep going in prayer and the prophetic word from the Lord to you. that that scripture that he's given you. Maybe it's a life scripture. Maybe it's something that he's highlighted. Maybe it's something that he's spoken to you. Hold on to it and see the kingdom of God built in your life, knowing that that is the first step. And then it's in the world around you. That's what God's called us to. Maybe you're here and you're far from the Lord, and you need to surrender to him in his way. How do you do that? You use your words with a pure heart to surrender a prayer like this. Maybe you need to pray this. Say, Dear Jesus, I give you all of me. My life is yours. I trust you. I receive your forgiveness. I lay my life down at your feet. I'm dead to myself, but alive in you, Jesus, because I want you to live in me and through me in your name. Amen. <laughs> if God's doing a work in you, let us know. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. Great to see you. See you again soon. God bless.